0: Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Good afternoon and welcome to From the Furrow. I'm your host, Britt O'Connell. Each week, we speak with subject matter experts regarding topics that are affecting the grain markets. This week, we have with us from Marshall, Missouri, Lori Nelson. Lori is a grain market advisor with Everag and has a deep history and passion of working with grain producers managing price risk. Welcome to the show and thanks for joining us, Lori. Thanks, Britt. Glad to be here. Before we dive in too deep, Lori, this time of year, everyone's always curious to hear what the crops look like across the country. I know you've just gotten home on a trip through Iowa. What do the crops look like as
1: you made that journey from Iowa back to north central Missouri? You know, I think the eastern Iowa guys would just give a big old yabba debba doo Crop looks really good there. There's pockets, Britt, that maybe they're needing a little bit of moisture Um, As I visit with guys, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, again, it looks like they're on the radar to be getting some moisture, have had some moisture. There's pockets maybe that haven't. Definitely as I come back south, crossing over uh, Highway 36 in Missouri, just the tone, the picture changed. Like something's definitely different here. Uh, visiting with guys, they're really concerned about uh, maybe twenty-five percent less production uh, in their corn crop. Of course, that bean crop is still yet to be made, but the you know we've had some rain. Bean crop overall looks good, but that's hard to say from the road. Um, it's really you just get the combine running in the beans to know. Texas, Oklahoma folks, um, they've been hot, dry without moisture for quite a long time here and, um, are in dire, dire need of some, some moisture there. Definitely. They will be looking for feed and fiber to come out here.
0: Appreciate the, uh, the update Lori. And ultimately it feels like the markets are viewing the crop report much like you. And we saw that, uh, two weeks ago we posted new five month lows in both corn and beans. And then ultimately last week, we saw a big rally in both corn and beans with uh, soybeans posting over a dollar fifty move higher, corn pushing over $0.60 cents higher. And then once again, to start this week, we've seen some general softness. So what do you make of all of this recent chatter and noise in the market as we move through the critical reproductive stages in corn and beans?
1: Yeah, Britt, this trading range, I think we're just going to see a wide Trading range uh, volatility has increased here. Uh, interesting piece as we just moved that market last week a lot higher. From a technical side, you know retracement corn a thirty eight percent right up to that six thirty two beans popped up over that fourteen seventy eight which uh, was a fifty percent retracement. And okay, on the other side of things, where do we have gaps? Uh, corn December gap at five eighty five. And in beans, a 1355 gap. So crop condition scores, 61% good to excellent on corn, 60% good to excellent on beans. We possibly could revisit those gaps. If we start talking about yield potential, bushel per acre, you know, I probably wouldn't put 650 out of the question, but maybe we have to wait a little bit for that on on the corn side. And again, a weather market, heat. Heat and dry. So I don't know if we've got uh, the genetics for heat and dry. So we will see. And it's a critical month here for beans in August.
0: Yeah, you bring up a really interesting and great point, Lori. The market's going to continue to be focused in on weather and all things fundamental to the growing of this crop and obviously it's in a very critical reproductive stage. So market's going to keep its eye on that as we move forward, but we all know we live in a really fast-paced world, and it's it's very much a global trade that we're a part of. Last week, it appeared that Russia and Ukraine, by some way of help from Turkey and the UK, had reached an agreement to allow some grain to flow out of that Black Sea region into the global world market, which there are certainly some areas that are desperate. Uh, for grains. And obviously within 24 hours, Russia spit in the face of that agreement, bombed a Ukrainian port, then later made a statement that that port was not necessarily associated with the deal. Nonetheless... Yesterday, some grain did actually start moving out of the port of Odessa in Ukraine. And that put some pressure on the markets. Nancy Pelosi has landed in Taiwan. She is the highest ranking U.S. official to visit Taiwan in over 25 years. We know that while Taiwan has greeted her with open arms, China does not feel the same. It's a crazy world out there. How much effect do you believe... That all of this rhetoric
1: around global tensions has affected our markets. You know, I think uh, you look at it, the market, I believe, had built in that we weren't going to export out of Ukraine. And so it's had a negative impact since we are seeing some grain movement out of Ukraine. But I'd still come back with we've still got a tight world supply And we can see that just in our old crop basis levels. Yes, that's softened a little bit, but there's still a positive basis there. And Ukraine, if you look at Ukraine, maybe they raise half of what they're normally used to raising.
0: Yeah, and I think you bring up a really interesting point alongside of that, Lori. This deal actually doesn't really encompass anything that would be quantified as new crop for Ukraine. And so there's more to come as far as how much of a impact this is going to have long-term on reprieving the world of its grain deficit, if you will. Speaking of overseas markets, Lori, can you give us a quick update on the Brazilian safrinha corn crop harvest?
1: So, you know, things look like they're coming along pretty well there when we look at what they produced last year, right around that 60 million ton. And they were faced with some weather problems that crop was planted outside the ideal climate window. And so just, looking at things, they should be closer to 27 to 30 million metric tons compared to last year. So a little bit healthier crop coming out of Brazil on that second crop corn, Brett.
0: And the better yield results coming out of Brazil are a bit of a pleasant surprise to the market as there were some late season weather challenges once again down there, but ultimately it looks like they're going to be bringing a, a nice crop forward for us. And that's certainly going to help keep some of the pressure off of the global markets. So I learned a, a new term that I think really well describes the world we live in today. And I might be well behind the times, but that's nothing new. But, but the term is a
1: VUCA world. Uh, I think you're a little behind the times, Britt, but please share with us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, I think it, I think it properly describes the world that we live in, which is uh, VUCA stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, And full of ambiguity. And and I think that, again, while I may be behind the times, that, that really does describe the world that we live in more than ever. And our grain markets are not exempt from that. We've got all of these fundamental events going on as we move through the growing season and harvest. We've got geopolitical events that are going on. We've got demand stories that will continue to carry us through the rest of the year. Lori, as you work with grain producers, and you've been doing this now for over 20 years, how do you help them sort through all of this noise, more than we've ever had before, and make sound risk management decisions?
1: Yeah, Brett. what have we been talking with our producers about is, is when we look at how they're feeling about their crop, what percent sold they are, and just where to place those next, tar- next targets, you saw it. The technicals followed last week right along with that market, gave us the opportunity to come up to that 38% retracement on corn and 50% retracement on beans to get a few more sales made as the farmers were comfortable doing. Also, we've been working with them on their expenses versus their sales. And if we look at these last couple sales, if they're comfortable getting up to their crop insurance levels, stepping into getting up to their crop insurance levels and covering all their sales. And what a relief that gives a, a producer to say, okay, I'm going to have quite a few extra bushels here to be able to market at some very profitable levels.
0: What about those producers who are maybe looking at that crop, those in your backyard as an example, who are not sure and not confident in their yields, but recognize that these are still good and profitable prices.
1: Put coverage, having serious conversations about getting put coverage to cover some some very profitable levels for them.
0: Historically, should markets feel confident about the crop coming forward? And obviously it gains confidence in that as we move through grain fill and pod set at this very time in the month of August. We tend to see a sideways at best to a grind lower at worst in the market. And maybe one could argue that that's what we're in the midst of right now, a sideways at best range-bound market. For producers who are looking at these markets, wishing they had done more at higher prices, what do you say to them? How do you help them walk through the opportunities that exist yet today?
1: I wouldn't disagree with you, Britt, that we're... Possibly could come into some sideways tra- trading, could, could come into some sideways trading and could be, a, I want to say, probably a, a, a big range. So we look at this market and we look at a producer's break even. And if you want to get a little bit further caught up or you feel like you should have done more, $6 December futures, $14 December futures. I mean, that's where we were this morning. We didn't quite close there. And if I had to compare that to a year ago on the December 21, where were we December on the December 21 board? We were 550 December 21 corn, and November 21 we were at 1350. A year ago today, so 50 cents higher in both commodities to get a little bit farther sold. That is above a producer's break even. Yes, we're we're recommending to help guys make those sales to get caught up on a crop they're starting to feel more comfortable about.
0: Well, thanks for joining us, Laurie. We certainly appreciate your insight and years of experience as we move through these crazy VUCA markets. That's all for this week on From the Furrow. We look forward to you joining us next week. Feel free to reach out and contact us if you have any questions. We'd love to hear from you.